You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 82. I'm Michelle, aka Rogue, and today I am joined by Dan the Halo Man, Daniel Prindle. How are you doing today, Daniel? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, <laughs> fighting through the effects of COVID vaccine. So I'm glad that you're here, that you've joined us today, or else I would be doing this all by myself. Thank you for joining us. We're going to push through the COVID vaccine woes and get to you guys. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, listening, and watching live on YouTube, Twitch, and Periscope. Periscope's still working, apparently. We might be the last people... <laughs> to ever use it at any moment now it could just be shut down and we would be the last people to yeah. stream on it. so we're making history here so we're still on periscope so if you're on twitter you could probably catch us there too uh we record every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern on youtube twitch and periscope as i said but just search up podcast pxn and you'll be able to find us uh the topic of the show today is a bunch of sony tidbits we're going to be talking about their their new focus on blockbusters the last of us remake days gone Two. Uh, cancellation and just our thoughts around all the Sony stuff that seems to be going on that was uh, talked about this week from the Bloomberg Bloomberg report from Jason Schreier. So we're going to talk about that later. Before we get into the topic of the show, we always start the show off with the PXN news of the week. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And the first story, we've got a little bit of an update. So last week we talked about uh, Time Splitters 2 codes uh, being, or the game rather, being available in Homefront 2 The Revolution. And that was followed up by some kind of sad news that the codes had been lost. So even though it was in the game, we weren't able to access it. But this week, we've got some good news. The codes have been found and uh, it's accessible. Like people, if you have Homefront The Revolution 2 sitting somewhere, you've got a fully playable native 4K port of Time Splitters 2 in the game as well. So. As you may know, you may have to play a little bit more of Homefront the Revolution to get to that point, which may or may not be a good thing, depending on who you ask. <laughs> but um, yeah, you've got Time Splitters 2 as well. So uh, Daniel, I know you heard, when you heard about this, this was some exciting news. How you feel now that you can actually play it? Yeah. Uh, so, so I saw the news and I was like, oh, yes. So this dude commented on that post where the developer said, well, I don't know what the code is anymore. And they posted the codes and I was like, um, yes, please. So then <laughs> I looked I looked on the Xbox store and Homefront the Revolution was actually on sale for $6.99. So nice. I bought it for $6.99. Uh, and then I loaded it up and then I was like reading through the codes and what you have to do. And I was like, shit, I have yeah. to actually play Homefront: the revolution in order to get to the point to enter these codes. So I did not do that. I started the game up and, and looked at the title menu and I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this. I have a huge <laughs> backlog of games that I would rather play than Homefront: the revolution. And yeah, so that's yeah. where i'm at right now but i would love to play this 4k port maybe they'll put in a patch or something where we can access this from the menu that would be great uh, yeah that would be awesome so judging by that you, i you, you're not going to go back to that anytime soon <laughs> yeah oh, at least man. to get there how yeah. far is it do you know like how much home friends you have to play to get to that point i think from what i was reading from people it's like halfway through the game which oh, i'm like yikes. oh okay gosh. <laughs> 
okay. I understand then. That's rough. Maybe maybe I'll go back to it at some point and turn it all the way to easy and just try to power through it, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, I I don't own Homefront the Revolution, but $6 seems like a pretty good price to pay for Time Splitters 2. Yeah, but obviously there's another price you have to pay, which is you have have to play the game you just bought. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I'm glad that the codes are there for anybody who is brave enough to sit through half of Homefront: The Revolution yeah. to get to that Time Splinters too. So that's great. I'm glad that it is available now. Um, but moving on to the next story, kind of a funny one. I'm not sure if you may have seen the gameplay of this yet, Daniel. But uh, there's a ridiculous Super Smash Brothers Ultimate ripoff. It went a bit viral because of how shameless it was. <laughs> I'm going to read from uh, Game Informer before I talk a little bit about my experience with it. Uh, so mobile ripoffs are absolutely nothing new. And nine times out of ten, they are beyond hilarious. Sometimes they can be a little bit subtle in their mimicry, but this Super Smash Brothers Ultimate mobile ripoff is anything but subtle. Because of this outlandish lack of shame, this particular bootleg has gone viral. So... We've seen it, like I, like the article says, we've seen it with uh, Fortnite, we've seen it with Pokemon, we've seen it with Among Us, but now we're seeing it with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And I watched a couple minutes of the gameplay, and it plays more like Diablo, if anything. Like, it has this the camera angle of Diablo, and you're playing as Mario walking through these worlds. You, you like, start in an area, and then you walk across the screen, and then the camera shifts, you're in a different part. So kind of like Diablo in that sense, and then Goombas will come out, and you attack them as Mario, basically. But the the most hilarious part about this is the character selection screen or the character unlock screen, where it has a bunch of Nintendo characters, some that you may be familiar with, some maybe not so much. There's fan characters as well. There's Bowsette uh, on this list as well. Uh, There's a devil Mario. So it's, it's some really outlandish stuff. But the most hilarious thing about this is what the characters say when you select them or hover over them. Uh, just like a lot of fighting games, when you select a character uh, that you're about to play as they go like, let's do this, or they'll say some weird one-liner, right? Yeah. They're doing that with a lot of the Nintendo characters, but it's hilarious because they're not the original voice actors, obviously. But a lot of characters in here don't actually talk, like Kirby or Link, but they have voiceover for some of those characters. <laughs> so one of Link's voice lines is, I don't like to talk much. But you, you, I'm not. I'm not doing it justice because you have to watch it. It's it's hilarious what they say. Kirby is another one. He says, "I," and this is how he sounds. I'm gonna try to do my best Kirby impression for how they do it in the game. I can't be separated from eating or sleeping. And as you may know, Kirby doesn't say anything. He makes some weird alien sounds, but he doesn't say that. But my favorite one is Donkey Kong. This is what he says. Oh no. <laughs> Do you have the banana butter pie? I don't know if that's a reference to anything in Donkey Kong. Like, is banana butter pie something in Donkey Kong? I don't know. But I know he doesn't say that. (laughs) It's just so... It's crazy. And I I don't know how this is still a thing because it came out four months ago. And Nintendo is so quick with shutting stuff like this down, especially fan-made stuff. They're so quick to just shut that down. But this is still up. You can still download it, I, I think. But... I don't know. What do you think about this story? If you if you've seen it, yeah. or if you're looking at it now, I, it's 
it's nuts. <laughs> I actually, I saw a little bit on this and then I was just like, wow, that's weird. And I kept going. <laughs> but now, like, as you were talking, I was playing the video of the sounds and I'm like, yes. oh my gosh, what is happening right now? This is insane. <laughs> they it's... sound nothing like, like, they didn't even try to, like, try. Yeah. <laughs> like, but the, the crazy part is, is like sometimes like these ripoff games, they'll, they'll create the exact character models and everything, but then they'll like change the names. They don't even care to change the names. They're all named what they are. Link, Ro Rosalina, uh, Peach, etc. Like they have no shame in what they're doing yeah. here. Uh, and I did read at the bottom here that it was taken down on March okay. 8th from Google Play Store. But uh, okay. I guess there was a bunch of videos that people took of it. Uh, yeah, so. it's getting a lot of traction now, so that's why I thought it was it was still up. I saw like Dunky, yeah. uh, the YouTuber, he posted a video a couple of days ago. So I was like, how is this still a thing? Yeah. But okay, it's been taken down, which is which makes sense. Yeah. But I, I was just surprised that I wasn't still seeing stuff from this. Yeah. But like you were saying, there's a lot of characters in there that they didn't change the name of. They have the bunnies from uh, Mario Odyssey. Uh, I don't know if you made it to this part in the game, the dark side of the moon, yeah. but he's he's in earlier parts as well. But the the bunny that spits venom, the the purple stuff, mm. and his voice line is "Want to taste my venom?" <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, what are you doing? Stop! <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's funny. It it made me chuckle. So some of the characters oh. in here are bizarre too. Like the T Rex from Mario Odyssey. It's <laughs> like, what the heck? And he talks too. It's like, yeah. what is this going on? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. If if you guys want a good chuckle, just just search up Super Fighter. What is it called again? It's Super uh, Super Fighter M All Star. Yeah. Search that up, and you'll get a good laugh. Especially if you're a Nintendo fan, you'll be like scratching your head and and laughing all at the same time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's all I got on that story. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> But uh, moving on to the next story, a little bit of a bummer, but understandable. Deathloop has been delayed until September 14th, 2021. Uh, this is reading, I'm reading from uh, their Twitter. They say, we've made the decision to delay the launch of Deathloop to September 14th, 2021. We're committed to the quality and preserving our team's ambitions uh, for Deathloop. We're ensuring the health and safety of everyone at Arcane while ensuring the health and safety of everyone at Arcane. We'll be using this extra time to accomplish our goal, creating a finest, stylish, and mind-bending player experience. Uh, we apologize for the extended wait, and thank you all for your passion and excitement. It is the fuel that powers our creativity and our hard work. We can't wait to show you more Deathloop soon. Uh, most people, obviously, understanding, telling them to take their time. We understand we want the better game, and I echo all of those sentiments, of course, as well. But it's just another outcome of this this pandemic and mm -hmm. developers just deciding maybe we should take a little bit more time, think about our employees and, of course, uh, polishing our game to the best of our ability. But, uh, yeah, what did yeah. you think about, about this? Yeah, it's uh, kind of like going at a different angle as well. Like, it's interesting, right? Because Bethesda is owned by Microsoft now, so they could have just said, you know, Hey, Arcane, just release it. Like whether whether it's finished or not, just go ahead and release it because it's a PlayStation <laughs> 5 exclusive. But I think that Microsoft wants to play the long game, and obviously they won't they don't want Arcane to put out a bad game. Uh, so they're not gonna tell them to do that. And 
also i think eventually you know whenever the exclusivity runs out which i think is like six months or something uh this will be on game pass so they're not going to want to have something in game pass that's you know not up to that quality yeah, level yeah yeah so it, it, yeah it makes sense and uh definitely uh definitely glad that arcane's taking their time with this because i know dishonored 2 at launch had some technical issues in terms of like uh i had personally i had issues with the uh input latency on xbox it was like you would turn the sticks to to play dishonored 2 like to turn your character and it was like it was so delayed to the point where it affected me. Like I was like, mm -hmm. I can't play this. Like everyone was saying so many good things about Dishonored Two, and I was, I love the first Dishonored, and I'm like, I, I can't even I can't even play this because it's the input latency was so bad at launch, which they have rectified it now. But um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that they're uh, kind of taking their time on this and uh, yeah, giving us a full full experience when it comes out. Yeah. I'm definitely excited to play Deathloop whenever it arrives, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm glad that they're taking their time so they don't have repeats like they did with uh, Dishonored 2 and just put out the best they can um, when they can. So definitely excited to to see what, because what they've shown so far looks looks lots of fun. Yeah. Definitely going to be kind of one of my first Arcane games, actually. I don't know if I, I haven't played uh, Dishonored. Really? really? Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of those games I I just don't pick up for some reason so I'm excited. I I definitely recommend the first game. I know a lot of people say the second game but the first game I really liked so yeah. yeah. Now now with Game Pass I I can check it out. Exactly. So definitely a lot of the Bethesda games uh are on my list now. Um but yeah, moving on to the next story. Uh Aloy is in Fortnite. This is nice. <laughs> Aloy, I saw a lot of people uh, predicting and hoping that Aloy was uh, another character that may have uh, been arriving. Mm -hmm. uh, so Aloy drops drops into Fortnite with and she with the primal season, which I think she works so well <laughs> with this season, with it being primal and all this uh, prehistoric stuff going on, the hunting and all that stuff. She arrives on April fifteenth, so tomorrow, um, in a Horizon Zero Dawn bundle, which comes with a spear pickaxe. Uh, the Glinthoth Glider, uh, Harch Ryzen emote, and of course, Aloy herself. So it's really cool. The only skin that I have bought out of the Gaming Legends is is none of them, actually. Wow. I've only, I only have Tomb Raider, from, and that's from the Battle Pass. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten any of them yet. Wow. And I, as much as I'm excited for people to have Aloy, I don't know if I'm going to buy Aloy either. Wow. Actually, yeah. I don't know. How, how do you feel about this story? <laughs> this, this is awesome for people that love, you know, love Horizon and play Fortnite uh, quite significantly. Like, for instance, me being a huge Halo person and Master Chief coming to the store, I had to buy them. Even though I haven't played Fortnite as much uh, as I used to. I, actually, I really haven't played it at all. Uh, for a couple months but I, when that came out i was like i have to buy this because you know it's master chief uh yeah. so i would uh, i would surmise many people that love horizon and love aloy would probably do the same thing here for uh aloy and fortnite which is really cool um and also i think it's kind of uh this is kind of i feel like a uh, maybe not a direct uh result but uh maybe part of a result of 
um, Sony investing in Epic Games because I think they dropped like, I want to say like 200 million or something. I can't remember the exact amount. Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I have the, the tweet up here because you, yes. you, showed, you shared it with me uh, earlier. And I thought this, like you said, this would be a good part to time to bring it in. Yes. And as you were saying, you're right. It's, they, they invested 200 million into Epic. They added, which is adding on to what they invested last year, 250 million. And now the total is obviously 450 million. And Kratos and Aloy are both in Fortnite. And yeah, as, as, you, were, as you were saying. Yeah, and uh, and they obviously showcased uh, Unreal Engine Five with the PlayStation Five. That was a big deal when they showed that off. Um, and I would surmise that this is just going to continue that partnership. So, uh, any Unreal Engine Five stuff that we see here in the next few years is going to be shown on PlayStation Five, no doubt, um, with this partnership. And maybe maybe some other. This will result from some other projects down the line from epic uh to to be playstation exclusive or maybe some kind of uh exclusive content or or something in that regard so yeah it's uh very interesting to see sony dropping dropping the dimes on epic here do you think uh maybe this is uh too big of a of an ask but do you think it works the other way around too where i know death stranding is on steam but do you think Mm. it works the other way around where if sony intends to bring their games to PC, like Days Gone, is that going to be just on Epic Game Store? Maybe not now, but like in the future. Do you see that happening as well with this sort of deal? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Although typically it would be the reverse. Uh, it would be Epic paying Sony for exclusivity on their store. Um, but maybe maybe that's included in their partnership agreement or whatever. Um because I know a lot of people have been talking about this week how Epic is actually like losing a bunch of money on uh, games that they're getting exclusive because they're they're pulling in these developers by paying them a bunch of money, but they're not necessarily seeing the returns because there's more people that want to buy stuff from Steam than Epic Game Store. So it's kind of they're trying to establish that platform over Steam, and it's. I think it's proving a little bit more difficult than what they they thought it would be. Yeah, definitely. Well, I more competition is good, so I hope yes. <laughs> that they they keep keep at it um, because I I really do like the Epic Game Store. I remember when it first started, people were, in my opinion, unneedlessly hating on it because yeah. another launcher was too much, I guess. But to an extent, I understand that. But at the same time, I. I think it was un- unnecessary hate towards it. And I think the deals on there are fantastic. And I, like you said, with them uh, losing money, yeah. it sucks for them. They thought that they are really losing money. They have so much yeah. that <laughs> I feel like 330 million is like a, a drop in the bucket for them. But they're, they're paying the people like, uh, well, like the people that they're having, that they're hosting on their platform well. So yeah. I, I like what they're doing over there. I know Epic... It's like Amazon and those companies are like, why, why root for them? They're like the, the eat the rich sort of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think they're doing great over there. Yeah. So they I give, they, they give a ton of free games yeah. too. Like I see them pop up all the time because yes. I have the <laughs> launcher installed and it says, Oh, free game of the month or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah. I always make sure to try and at least if I'm even a slightly bit interested, I make sure to download it. Even if I'm not super interested, just to have it just in case if one day I, I decided to check it out smart 
But uh, yeah, moving on to the next story. Nintendo's Indie World uh, premiered today at 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, did you have a chance to watch this, Daniel? Uh, I've seen a f- couple of the announcements that came out of it, but I have not seen everything. I did not get the chance either because okay. I was on my way to work. Yes. But I, I, like you, I saw uh, the announcements and uh, I'll get to my favorite, obviously, at the end here. But some of the, the highlights that I saw were the uh, Ollie Ollie World is coming to the Switch later in this winter. Um, there is no game, uh, Wrong Dimension, which is a, a really interesting, like fourth wall breaking indie game. It's already on Steam right now, and I, I've heard good things about it, so I'm glad that's coming to the Switch because that's probably where I'm going to check it out. But the highlight, oh, there's another one, Aerial Knights Never Yield. It's a runner that looks really cool. You guys should definitely check that one out as well. Um, it's by a black developer too, so that's that's really neat. Um, but the final one here is Oxenfree 2. So that is no doubt my highlight there. Um, I love the first Oxenfree. I love After Party as a developer as well. Not After Party, uh, Night School. They Night School That's also cool. developed After Party. Yeah. But I love what they've been doing since After Party. Since Oxenfree, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Following with After Party. Uh, I love what they've been doing with storytelling. I love their visual style. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I love, again, loved Oxenfree. So I'm super excited for a sequel. Um, because they've been kind of teasing it uh, for a while now. They like their, um, I forget what it's called, their scavenger hunt, but it's in the real world, not ARG, but maybe scavenger hunt is the is the right word that I'm looking for. Geo, but... is it, or yeah, yes. geolocation That's... or whatever. Or Something ge- like that. Geocaching. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They had a, a geocaching thing for the, for the first game a, a super long time ago. And, once the community that was looking for it found it, the account just went dormant. But recently this year, the account just reawakened out of nowhere and people were like, oh my gosh, what's what's going on? <laughs> and this is what's going on, Oxenfree 2. Yes. But uh, yeah, have you have you checked out Oxenfree, the first game, or are you excited for anything else on this list? Yes. So uh, before, we get, before I get to Oxenfree, TMNT sequel oh, yes. is also yes. coming to Switch, which is exciting. Shredder's yeah. Revenge, uh, which we talked about that like two weeks ago or last yeah. week. I don't, I don't remember which, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, and then, yes, Oxen Free 2 is definitely the highlight for me as well. Uh, I loved the first Oxen Free, and Night School does a great job. Uh, I don't know if it was the timing or like of when I was playing After Party or what it was, but I wasn't as big on After Party. I, yeah. I kind of. I didn't even finish it. I kind of set it down because I was like, eh, I'm not feeling this right now. It might've just been my mood at the time. I don't know, but I loved oxen free and like that ending. I was like, what? This is crazy. Like all the, yeah. Twists. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited that they're making a sequel to this and, and see where they take that. So yeah. Definitely. I love those, those creepy vibes as even though, as I've said many, many times, I'm a scaredy cat, but, but oxen free is like, the perfect amount of creepy for me that I I, I love it. Um, but moving on to the next Nintendo story we've got on here is Nintendo is in- introducing a new Nintendo Switch Lite, and it's also been getting some like, is this actually is the it, color? It's comments? blue, right? It's blue. <laughs> That's what people are not saying. 
Um, but yeah, they're introducing a new uh, Nintendo Switch Lite that's releasing alongside Miitopia on May 21st, and it's going to be costing obviously $200, and it's coming in the color blue, so they say. A lot of people are saying it, it looks like a purple more than a blue. Um, I'm looking at it now, and yeah, I, I think it's I think it's purple. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty purple to me. But I also saw uh, Casey DeFridas from NVC on uh, from IGN tweet a post uh, tweet tweet something regarding to this, where she put the Facebook logo beside the Nintendo Switch, and she's like, "If you think the Facebook logo is blue, then the Nintendo Switch is blue." And I was like, "What?" And I looked at it, I was like, oh my god, they are the same, pretty close to the same color. Really? So maybe maybe Nintendo's right, maybe it's blue, but I think huh. most people agree that it's that it's purple. But yeah. more so than a new Switch Lite, we could argue about the color as well. Um, but what do you think this means for the Pro? Does it mean anything? Or is it just they're just introducing a new Switch because they want to do a new color? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that this really means a whole lot for the pro. I think it just Nintendo likes to have diversity in terms of their their um, colors of their systems. Like I think the uh, was it the 3ds Lite or no 2ds? Sorry, 2ds had different colors, right? Or am I crazy in that? Two, yeah, 2ds had a couple of different colors. I think okay. I know they always do like the um, the. The limited edition stuff, but yes, I'm looking at it here. They had the blue, and they had the pink, and they had the mint green one. Okay, I'm sure they had a. I think the blue was technically the black one because the front, the face was was black. But yeah, they had different colors. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. So I I don't think this will affect a pro at all. I think the the pro will eventually still come. I some people like obviously those reports we were reading was saying uh, fall of this year. I still don't know if it's going to come that early. I I'm still thinking maybe 2022 it'll come out. Um, and maybe that's because of delays or what, what have you, because of the parts shortages and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's cool to give people another option. And, uh, there is, uh, reports out there saying that Nintendo is going to struggle to meet, uh, the, the demand with their supply, uh, with all these shortages, which is very concerning as we've talked about before, but, uh, Yeah, um, I think we're going to have a, a painful next few years, maybe even like next couple years of buying consoles and, and PC hardware. Not looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, this year has been as we as we talked a little bit about the indies and um, now Nintendo, it's been for me so far, it's been a lot of backlogging. I'm I'm catching up on a lot of games, even going back to games that I love just to to revisit them because there's not a lot. There's, there's not only is there not a lot coming out, but everything's being delayed. And yeah, I just I just find myself going back to a lot of old stuff right now. We'll, we'll talk about it in the games that we're playing, but yeah, it's 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 been a weird year so far. So it was 2020, but for games, it's it's definitely been been weird. And I feel like indies are gonna to show have to show up a lot more because the triple A's are kind of taking a back seat right now yes. uh, i hope i hope uh, nintendo can produce a pro later this year because i would really like that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Agreed. not that i'll be able to get it because of what we're saying but yeah. yeah i really hope that we see it at least yes agreed 
But moving on to the next story, we talked a little bit about it. It was breaking news last week, yes. the Kojima and Xbox stuff. We got a little bit more information on that now. I'm reading from IGN India from Rishi Walni. Um, so Microsoft ha- may be in discussions to publish a Hideo Kojima's next game. Uh, let me just, one second, sorry. Okay. I thought I had I, I thought I had a, a different link. I was just making sure that I had had the right link up before I started reading this. Sorry. No, um, <laughs> after the Metal Gear creator moved on from uh, Konami, his next game, Death Stranding, was published on Sony by Sony on the PS4 and eventually found its way to PC via Five Five Games. Now it seems that his next game might be on the Xbox Series S and X and PC. <laughs> this information surfaced courtesy of GamesBeat in a story surrounding the developer. Of recently announced PS5 horror game um, abandoned. So a lot of people saw this uh, game abandoned and thought, "Is this a Kojima game?" Because there's not a lot of information surrounding um, the studio. So maybe people are like, "Oh, did Kojima shadow drop this? Did he make this?" And then Jeff Grubb came and wrote about it, saying that it's not a Kojima joint, and he knows this because Kojima is in talks with Microsoft about publishing his next game, and that sparked obviously a lot of talk about. Oh, whoa, Kojima's working on a new game? Oh, whoa, he's working with Microsoft on a new game? Obviously, that's a big deal because Kojima has been working with PlayStation for quite some time, be it with Konami and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But and, and as well, Phil Spencer had uh, uh, referenced a potential uh, deal with the little uh, Kojima uh, Lupus doll. I, I keep forgetting the name. I always bring it up, but I think it's a Lupus something. Yeah. But the astronaut character that is also the logo for Kojima Productions was in the background in his call, Zoom call or something. So a lot of people think that he might be working with Microsoft, which I am totally down for. I, 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 I see nothing wrong with that. I, I love to see uh, Kojima just go wherever he wants. I would love him to have the freedom to, to do that. But what do you think about this story? Do you think this yeah. is a happening? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't know if it'll happen or not, but uh, it'll definitely... It'll definitely make things interesting because I know there's a lot of rumors out there right now that Microsoft is working on some big third-party exclusives. So maybe that would be one of them, Kojima Productions. Uh, There's rumors swirling around that there's other stuff coming this year that they haven't announced partnerships with, um, which would be interesting to see what that ends up being. Um, But as far as Kojima... The only thing I hope for is I hope for a game that's closer to Metal Gear Solid 5 than Death Stranding for me personally because mm-hmm. Death Stranding just never clicked with me in terms of like what it is because it's very much it seems like it's very much like essentially like a package delivery game am I crazy in saying that? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like I'm just looking for something, you know, with more substance from Kojima. Like Metal Gear Solid Five was so good at freaking a- action, tactical, espionage goodness, and uh, everything was so good about that. Like attaching the little balloons to to your stuff and seeing it fly up. That was <laughs> oh so satisfying. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would love to see Kojima do something like that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who he teams up with if it's xbox or or somebody else but yeah yeah i hope he he goes back to something like that too i i enjoyed death stranding as well i haven't beat it yet but so far 
uh, I've enjoyed it. I, I, I would love to go back to it because I, I did enjoy what I played so far. But yeah, you're not wrong in saying that it's a package delivery game at all. It definitely is that. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy the story that it's telling, but it is definitely weird. And that's saying something because Kojima games are usually very weird. But I feel like this is even more experimental or more out there than than usual which i i understand him wanting to do that as he's finally branching out being able to kind of do his own thing finally yeah. so i i get it to an extent but i i totally see why people were kind of turned off by it because it was definitely a weird concept but uh yeah i'm, I'm with you I'm, I'm i'm excited to see wherever he goes whether it be with microsoft or, or whoever just excited to see what he's got next Yes. Um, but moving on to our next story, speaking about future developments, Bioshock 4 may be an open world game. Uh, Bioshock 4 developer Cloud Chamber is hiring, and a new job description for a senior writer may give us some hints as to what's in store for the franchise. The new job listing, first reported by PC Games N, is specifically, tar- uh, is specifically targeted at applicants who, quote, uh, who quote, who can weave impactful <laughs> character-driven stories in an open-world setting, unquote. Um, the senior uh, writer who will assist in crafting primary and secondary mission content suggests this new Bioshock will allow players to veer off the main path throughout the game. Uh, the role will be changed with assisting... Uh, will be charged with assisting the creation and execution of the core story, including the writing and dialogue and other narrative elements as directed. So, interesting. How does that make you feel, Bioshock being an open-world game? Um, honestly, um, I'm pretty okay with it as long as they continue the tradition of having a very linear story and um, telling a very complete story that, that kind of makes you on edge and like makes you uneasy about what's happening and not knowing what's happening and... Like, that's the best thing about Bioshock is the mystery surrounding the story. And I hope they don't lose that by going to an open world setting. Um, Although I will say uh, Bioshock Infinite, for instance, is very much an open area type of game. So, like, you have those big open spaces. It's not necessarily, it's not an open world game, but it's got very open spaces for you to travel around and find different ways, paths and stuff like that. Um, so if it's more, more akin to like Bioshock Infinite, where it's just like big open areas, I'm okay with that. If it's open world, I'm a little bit more hesitant. Uh, but I guess if it, if it works for what they're wanting to do, then, then I'm for it. But I guess we have to see, uh, see what that looks like. Um, I just think it's tricky to kind of get that narrative focus that Bioshock's known for and have that big open world experience. Yeah, definitely. But but like you said, there's like different versions of like open world. Like there's there's the Assassin Creed open world where you're going around checking off boxes and doing stuff, which I I I, I wouldn't want for Bioshock. Yeah. But there is a version like God of War, maybe where you yes. have those big open spaces, or Tomb Raider even, where you have those big open spaces and you can do a lot in it. But it's not you can't just go off to the next open space. You got to finish what you do there and then you move on to the next area, which I think would be better. Yeah. For, for Bioshock. But uh, yeah, we have to wait and see, like you said. Open, an, an Assassin's Creed Bioshock open world game could be good, depending on how they do it. But right now, I'm in the same boat as you, where I, I, I would prefer they had not do that. Yes. <laughs> um, 
But moving on to our next story, we got a little PS5 update. I shouldn't say little because it was kind of kind of big. Yeah. Uh, PS5 April update. Uh, uh, in this update, they added. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to read what they added. I, I'm, I'm reading the wrong thing. Oh, Here yeah. we go. Uh, disable game chat and adjust uh, players' volume. Game update downloads. So once developers enable it, title updates for games will pre-download to your console if uh, the automatic update setting is enabled uh, to, is enabled, and your console is on or in rest mode. Uh, customized game library with this ability to search your library or hide games from view. It's now easier to find content and personalize your view uh, of your game. Screen zoom, which is something that's on the Switch where you just, you're able to zoom in on the screen. Yeah. Um, new trophy settings and stats. The level of trophies uh, that res- the level of trophies that results in automatic capture of a screenshot or video clip can now be customized. So you can now choose to only capture and save images slash videos of moments when you earn hired great trophies like gold or platinum. So that's awesome because I know right now on PlayStation 5, if you get a bronze trophy, it's like taking pictures left and right. And sometimes that takes a lot of space up depending on what game you're playing. So it's good that you'd be able to edit that. So I only want you to take a picture or capture this moment when I do something really, really cool. So that's cool. And they also added a secret update that they didn't announce right away, where they have implemented uh, the ability to turn off HDR with certain games. So some games don't support HDR, so there's now the ability for you to turn that off. High dynamic range imaging, for those who don't know, Mm -hmm. it's a technique that is used in creating a greater range of lumosity (laughs) in digital entertainment. Uh, there's also the 20, 120 hertz. So for gamers utilizing a PC monitor that supports 120 hertz and runs 1080p, the new PC, PlayStation 5 update also allows you uh, to use that level of support on your on your PS5, which is awesome, yes. and additional HDMI support as well. So that's pretty cool. Yes. Got a, a lot in there. <laughs> there is a lot in there. Uh, they also added the ability to offload your games onto an external hard yes. drive, which yes, that's that's a big deal, especially for me on Xbox. Like I have so many games. If I didn't have that ability, like I'd be screwed because <laughs> I have two terabyte. I have the terabyte expansion card, the SSD, and the internal SSD one terabyte. So I have two terabytes of SSD storage on my Xbox, and it's still completely full. So I I use my <laughs> I use my eight terabyte by uh, external hard drive as like offloading storage so i can move games that i want to play and then etc vice versa but yeah that's 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 a big deal for sure um and the 120 hertz stuff is great for people who have monitors and the auto hdr mode is very big as well because before this if you played a game that was didn't have hdr it would uh, obviously if you have it on, it's going to screw up with that game because your game's going to look super dark because it doesn't have HDR. And uh, I think Microsoft added this like a couple months ago to Xbox as well, where it puts a little auto HDR symbol at the top. And it's perfect because when you go from a game that has it like Master Chief Collection, for it, for instance, has it. And then you go to another game that doesn't have it, for instance, a backwards compatible game, it makes it easier to go between games without mm-hmm. having to worry about that. So uh, the, the one thing that I think Sony needs to do next for 120 hertz support is they need VRR, which is variable refresh rate. 
And the reason why that's important is because if you're playing, for instance, if I play a ton of Master Chief Collection on my Series X and I play 120 hertz. So, for instance, if the game dips to below 120 hertz, like if it goes to, you know, 100 hertz instead of 120, 100 frames per second instead of 120, um, you'll see like your your screen will start getting tearing. Like you'll get screen tearing where, where it looks messed up and variable refresh rate fixes that because what it does is if your game's running at 100 frames per second, it'll match it at 100 hertz on your monitor so that you don't have, you know, that, that mix up and that issue. So that's one thing that they need to add um, pretty soon, I think. That'll be good. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. Because we did, we weren't expecting, not that, to my knowledge, they weren't, I weren't, we weren't expecting the 120 hertz stuff and the HDR stuff. Yes. So hopefully in the next update, they, they surprise us again. Yes. <laughs> That'd be great. Yes. Um, but moving on to our next story, a small little story that I thought was kind of cute. Uh, the Pokemon Snap is going to have some stores in Japan. Hopefully that happens in America too, where or convenience stores in Japan are going to be offering uh, a new Pokemon Snap printing service. So I believe back in the day, this was already a thing where... Uh, the original Pokemon Snap, I, I believe you were able to go to like a, a Blockbuster or, or something where you're able to print off your pictures, oh. I think. Hmm. I may be getting that mixed up with something else. Um, but I think that was a thing. But regardless, it being a, a thing now is really cool. So starting April 30th, Lost and Convenience stores across Japan will offer a new Pokemon Snap printing service that will that way players can print off their favorite Pokemon photographs. And I can't imagine being a kid in Japan and just... Going to town, man. Just, just it just sounds awesome being able to uh, take your pictures out of the game and just not on a flimsy eight by eleven print off <laughs> on like letter paper. I think this is really cool. It's going to cost super cheap. It's like two dollars and thirty cents to do it. So I hope this comes to America. I I think I would honestly take advantage of this. Go to my local Staples and just print off some really cool Pokemon posters uh, for literally two dollars get a new Pokemon merch. So I thought those was cool. Um, are you excited for Pokemon Snap at all? Or yeah, what do you think about the story? Yeah, uh, Pokemon Snap is uh, something I, I've talked about this before that I enjoyed back in the day. Um, and nowadays, like I was excited when they announced it, but now I'm like, it's a, it's literally a picture taking game. I don't know <laughs> if I will even, I, I don't know. Yeah. I am happy that they are finally delivering on a sequel for this, that people have been wanting and demanding for years, but this is a really cool feature actually printing out your pictures. It's, it's very smart. And I, I looked it up while you're talking and it was actually, uh, you printed at blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. Okay. On the old one. That's pretty cool. I did not know that. That is pretty cool. So maybe maybe there's hope not there that there's any blockbusters left, but yeah. maybe someone else will will take up the mantle and uh, allow us to do that here in the good old North America. Yeah. But uh, yeah, moving on to our next story, Sucker Punch may be working on a quote spectacular multiplayer game. So I'm reading from IGN. Matt Perslow writes, Ghost of Tsushima developer Sucker Punch is working on a new project that describes itself. As a spectacular multiplayer game. The news arrives in, in the form of a job advertisement on Sucker Punch's job recruitment website. The developer is seeking a multiplayer slash network programmer to join its team in uh, Bell, 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 Bellevue. Is that correct? Washington? Yep. Bellevue. Bellevue. 
Bellevue, Washington. Quote, our talented multiplayer designers create uh, awesome game team experiences, and you'll be pivotal in bringing that creativity to life in a spectacular multiplayer game, reads the job description. So that, I love Ghost of Tsushima. I love Ghost of Tsushima Legends. A lot of people love Legends. So them working on a multiplayer game definitely excites me as to what they could be could be working on. Uh, what do you think about this this story? Yeah, uh, it's definitely very interesting. And actually, it kind of goes against what I was going to say for our topic of the show, uh, mm-hmm. because I'll allude to it. But uh, I was thinking that Sony was kind of cracking down on anyone wanting to create a multiplayer game because almost all of their games are single player uh, story based games. So it is interesting that uh, Sucker Punch is working on a spectacular multiplayer game. Um, and you have to assume that this is an addition to Ghost of Tsushima's sequel uh, because, I mean, that did so well. I, I would be surprised if they didn't do a sequel to that. Um, so maybe they have a small team making this multiplayer game, a uh, separate team. Uh, similar to like Ninja Theory, they have their main team working on Hellblade, but they also released um, crap. I forgot the name of the game. Uh, Ninja Theory's game. I can't think of the name, uh, and that's the that's the bad news about it because it didn't do that well. Uh, multiplayer game. What Bleeding Edge? Bleeding Edge. Uh, yeah, so it is interesting that they're working on a spectacular multiplayer game. I'm interested to see what that actually ends up being. So, Cure uh, Craft put into the Twitch chat Blockbuster for the win. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> blockbuster. Blockbuster for the win. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the topic of the show. Yes. Before we get into that, talking about the games that we're playing. Yes. Daniel, what have you been playing? Well, of course, I've been playing season six of the Master Chief Collection. Uh, but uh, I did boot up uh, Homefront the Revolution, as I alluded to before. It doesn't technically count because I stared at the title screen, as I <laughs> talked about before, because I wanted to play that freaking 4K remaster of, or not remaster, but 4K port of, uh, of Time Splitters. And of course, realized that I have to actually pay, play Homefront for that. So. Uh, but I also checked out Outriders for a little bit. Uh, I downloaded that over the weekend and played for like an hour or so. So I understand why people are excited about this game and like why people love it, but I don't think it's something I want to play right now because it's very much like a Destiny-esque game because it's just, it's a time grind. Like I can already tell an hour into the game, I was like, all right, this is going to be a grind. And I was like, all right, I need to set this aside. I have a grind of my own right now with Master Chief Collection. They continuously keep adding stuff, and I can't stop playing it, uh, which is my own problem. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I totally understand why people are enjoying Outriders. It's a lot of fun. The gameplay is a lot of fun. The guns feel really good. Um and it's almost like I would almost call it like a destiny knockoff. And that's not to say like a bad thing. It's it's not like it's not completely like destiny, but it's it's like a I don't know, a cheap knockoff, I guess I would call it. But yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot of a lot of good things about uh, Outriders, too. And honestly, you say it's a, a destiny knockoff, which I, I do agree with. I see a lot of people in the destiny community saying like 
Bungie, you can learn a couple things from these guys. Like, you should take a couple of ideas and bring them on over to uh, to Destiny, which is which is great. I'm I'm, I'm glad that there's uh, another looter shooter out there that can spark some some creativity in Mudgy. Not that I I think that they're doing a bad job. I'm I'm still playing Destiny, having a great time. But yeah, I, I definitely heard those comparisons. Um, I'm surprised that I haven't picked it up yet. Actually, I I've, I've watched a lot of gameplay of it, and every time I watch it, like. Do I yeah. really want to do this right now? And I, I don't apparently. But um, yeah, I, as as you said with Master Chief Collection, I've got my own grind going on with Destiny still. So I think that's where I'll stick stick <laughs> with for my looter shooter uh, itch. So yes, yeah. But what I've been playing, oh. I will start off with not the big one, but I'll start off okay. with the other one. Okay. I'll start, I, I went back to Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. So as I talked about a little bit earlier, this year has been a lot of backlogging or going back to games that I, I really enjoy slash mish and Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks is a game that I really liked when I was younger and I miss it. So I I, uh, I got the cartridges a couple of months ago, but now I'm, I'm really sticking to it and I'm playing it on my 3DS. Having a great time. That is a great Zelda game and if you guys are out there and you haven't played Spirit Tracks because it was on the DS, or you have played it and you thought it was bad, I don't get it. It's it's so good. I I, I love it. I understand the touch control stuff is like, ugh, get this out of my Zelda game, but I think it works really good. And I love the story. Toon Link slash uh, Wind Waker Hero of the Wind, I guess is what they call that Link. The the Toon Link guy, the guy from Wind Waker. Yeah. I think he has a, a, a specific name for, for that incarnation. He's my favorite. I love all of those games. I love uh, Phantom Hourglass. I love Wind Waker and I love um, Minish Cap. I love Spirit Tracks. All of those games are like my favorites of the games. <laughs> so I think that's just just me and my affiliation with, uh, with Toon Link. But those are fantastic games. Yes. So I'm having a good time uh, revisiting that. But more so, Daniel, I am... Back on Halo. Halo. Hello. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a super long time ago, we completed Halo uh, Combat Evolved together. You helped me get through the last couple of levels. And I wasn't so hot on it. Hmm. I enjoyed a little bit of it, but I was very much like, this is such a product of its time. I yes. understand why it's so special to so many people. But me playing it so late and not having that nostalgia factor... And coming to it literally in 2020 for the first time, playing this. I don't remember when it came out. It must have been like 19. When did that game come out? Do you know off the top of your head? Master Chief Collection? Or the original Halo. Oh, Halo C came out in 2001. 2001. Okay, so I'm playing like a 20-year-old game. Yes. So And, and for me, it, it definitely showed. So I, I definitely took a break from Halo after that. But now I'm playing Halo 2, and I am loving it, dude. I'm yes. having such a good time with it. Um, I think the gameplay is definitely improved, and I know it's the anniversary collection, so I'm sure they made some uh, improvements, Ooh, some improvements to that. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> um, but the just the 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 cinematics are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprisingly more invested in the story this time around, and I, I don't know if this for me, I, I knew about it, so it wasn't such a a big jaw drop moment. But I imagine maybe for people who played it for the first time when you play as the Arbiter for the first time. Yes. Was that like a huge thing yes. back then? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was actually a, a controversial thing back in the oh. day. Yeah. But now, obviously, fans love it now because Arbiter is awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was a controversial thing when it first came out. Yeah. I, I loved it. Like when I, when I when I first 
when I first came about that, that's what was in my head. I was like, this must have been so cool back in the day. But apparently you're saying maybe it wasn't so cool for the first yeah. people who, who played it. But for me, I was like, this is so cool. I, we're playing the the other side of it now. This is really neat. Yep. But uh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm literally playing as the Arbiter for the first time. Yes. I think uh, we're, we're facing the flood with that team. We're chasing mm-hmm. down one of the heretics. Yes. Uh, oh, he, he just got away. So now we're like going up the tower right now trying to cut off that signal i don't exactly know what we're doing i, I forget but we're, we're moving up the top right now. I'm, I'm having a really good time with it so the halo's the, back on the list guys. <laughs> the best part about that is when you beat the game and you realize like i don't know i don't want to spoil anything but the best part about that game is when you finish it and you look back at that moment and you're like oh okay oh uh-oh. Yeah. But uh <laughs> I'm excited. Or at least as arbiter you're thinking that. So okay. yeah. Uh okay, cool. Curacraft said, I have Minish Cap. Great game. Minish Cap is so good. And it's it's the uh the only Zelda game. No, well, Oracle of Seasons, I think, was developed by Capcom too, but Minish Cap was developed by Capcom, which was really cool. But um yeah, I love the art in that game. I love the story. Yeah, that game holds a very special place in my heart. I think it's the first I think it might be the first Zelda game that I played, actually. Minish Cap wow. on the Game Boy Advance. But uh, yeah, fantastic game. I agree. Um, but moving on to our next, or our topic of the show, rather, is Sony and everything that they're doing right about now. <laughs> uh, so we got a Bloomberg report from Jason Schreier. Um, I'm going to reference that article a couple of times, but I'm not reading from that article right now. Sure. Uh, this article does uh, make reference to it, though. So I'm just reading from Polygon. Uh, so fans will be happy to hear, and I'm just going to jump in and say fans weren't that happy to hear this, but I'm reading the article. <laughs> fans are happy to hear The Last of Us is getting a remake for PlayStation 5, but some developers inside of Sony aren't happy with how that came together or what it means for PlayStation's vaunted first-party development going forward, according to a report Friday morning from Bloomberg. The account by Bloomberg's Jason Schreier describes how Sony's visual arts service group, a support-oriented studio located in San Diego, took on a PS5 remake for the 2014's The Last of Us with approval, but without much support from above, then saw it handed over to the original developer at Naughty Dog. The visual arts service group was then relegated to a support role, as well as the as well as assigned to help Naughty Dog complete the delayed Last of Us Part II that launched already in summer. As a result, the group's founder left Sony altogether, Bloomberg reports. Um, Polygon has reached out to PlayStation. They didn't get anything back. Um, Friday's report describes a senior leadership uh, at PlayStation obsessed with big hits as well, critically as well as commercially. For example, Bloomberg says Sony Bend Studios' pitch for uh, Days Gone, 20, was this, a sequel to Days Gone, was rejected, and part of the studio was told to assist Naughty Dog on two other projects. One of them being a new Uncharted game, the other, the Oregon studio, is now working on a new game of its own, Bloomberg said. So, mm-hmm. a lot to uh, unpack there. Yeah. Uh, Sony is making, or Naughty Dog rather, is making a Last of Us remake. So that's, we'll start with that. What do you, what do you think about that one? <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think Greg Miller said it best on Twitter. Uh, he said that, uh, yeah. Uh, Last of Us remake, remake, I would absolutely love to play, and like it, it's you know something that's probably going to be phenomenal to play, but it's not something we need. 
like the last of us came out in 2013 it was eight years ago so it's not terribly long ago and it holds up extremely well and especially the 2014 uh remaster (laughs) on ps4 that holds up extremely well so I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that we really need this at all, uh, especially especially with Naughty Dog, because Naughty Dog is literally PlayStation's best developer, arguably. They are technical like magicians. They make these games that are absolutely stunning to look at and crazy stories and all of this. Why put them on a remaster? That doesn't... Uh, that's a remake, rather. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, let them build the next Uncharted or whatever they want to build, their new IP that's rumored. Let them do that stuff. Don't don't give them a remake for a game that just came out eight years ago and a remaster seven years ago. That's kind of silly uh, to me personally. What did you think? I, I'm in the exact same boat where I, I, I don't think we, we need this. I would much rather... and. Disclaimer, The Last of Us is my favorite game of all time. I love that game. I, I've gone back to it many, many times. And I just don't think that we, we need it. And I think Naughty Dog would, like you said, much rather work on something else. Yeah. Um, I think there was actually a, a, a story that came out earlier today where it said that they wish that they were working on a Jack and Daxter, but they're not. Yeah. A couple of people were working at the studio were like, I, I wish we were doing that instead of The Last of Us. And I was like, we do too. That would be so good. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely in the same boat, but after playing The Last of Us Part Two and seeing some of those cutscenes, like flashbacks in the style of The Last The Last of Us Part Two, with that upgrade, like you're saying, Naughty Dog is magicians with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Seeing Ellie in The Last of Us Two uh, upgrade looked awesome. Seeing Joel in those flashbacks again, but upgraded, was awesome. So an entire game like that, no doubt, will be awesome. I will definitely play that, absolutely. And especially if they update the gameplay to be a little bit more like The Last of Us 2. Yeah. Totally. But The Last of Us is so accessible. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like you said, it's on the PS4. You could play it on the PS5 if you want to. It's got a remaster. It doesn't make sense for them to, to do this. Um, but talking about stuff that doesn't make sense, we can also talk about their their cancellation of Days Gone 2. No. And now they're... Bef- oh. Before you say that, oh, yeah. Currycraft does say, ditto, oh, yeah. but I think The Last of Us 2 bumped the first one for me. Okay. So I think she's saying uh, Last of Us 2 was higher on her uh, her list, which is interesting because <laughs> Last of Us 2 is uh, controversial in some, some people's eyes. <clears throat> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I understand. So, like, it bumped it higher on their list. Like, after playing The Last of Us Two, you th- thought more of The Last of Us. I think that's what they were okay. saying. Yeah, okay. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I see you. I see that. I understand. Um, I can definitely. I definitely took a lot the story a little bit differently after playing The Last of Us Two. Like, looking back on the events that happened in The Last of Us, I, I look at those events differently. Definitely. Uh, said, but The Last of Us always been my favorite game. Yeah. Said, "Yep, Last of Us Two is my number one game." Right. Oh, there we go. Wow. There we go. All right. <laughs> I'm a blast. <laughs> Powerful words. <laughs> you should play it, Daniel. Yes, play it. <laughs> I need to. I'm just so mad about what they did. Yeah, but anyways. Yeah. Um, but Days Gone 2 being uh, canceled by Sony and them now working on The Last of Us remake and something else. So a lot of people, when they saw this news, like, we rather Days Gone 2 than The Last of Us remake 
And as someone who hasn't played Days Gone at all, so do I, <laughs> which is super weird. Because I think that there's there's a potential that they can improve what they made with Days Gone and me being a little bit more interested in whatever Days Gone 2 could be. And apparently it was going to be an open world, uh, a shared universe game with mm-hmm. co-op, which as a Destiny guy sounds pretty cool to yeah. me. Um and especially with that open world with all the zombies, I, I love I love that. I love the, what they were going for. I just haven't played it yet. But I, I love what they're going for in that world. So it was kind of a bummer to hear that they got shot down because of that. But yeah, yeah. What, what did you think about that? Yeah, uh, I actually, I was in a discussion with one of my friends on Twitter about this because uh, he's a big Days Gone fan and he he keeps trying to get me to, to play it and I haven't had a chance to. I, I own it with the whole, uh, whatchamacallit, the play at huh or yeah. whatever that yeah. free, yeah, free thing. Uh, and the yeah, the PlayStation Plus collection, that's it. Yes. Yes. Uh, and um, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but he was telling me, well, uh, I think it makes sense that they're uh, they're not Sony's not letting them do this because this doesn't sound like a, a sequel. I'm like, but Sony Bend, I feel like would be the best person to know what their sequel would be. Like, I, I personally, I don't think that the publisher should necessarily make the creative decisions for the studios. So, like, if Sony Bend says, "Hey, Days Gone Two, we want to do like a shared universe and and co op and and all this stuff," I think you should support them and say, hey, "Cool, let's see it, see what it looks like." Instead of, you know, Sony shooting them down and saying, "No, no, no, we're not going to do that." Or I don't know if it was necessarily that that they shot them down for, or just the general idea of a Days Gone sequel, uh, because the first one didn't really sell that well. Um, But it is interesting nonetheless, because uh, like you, this did sound very interesting. And um, it sounds like it would have been like a more polished state of decay, um, like that kind of experience, which I like state of decay. Don't get me wrong, but it's not very polished. It's very (laughs) rough around the edges. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, it is kind of disappointing that uh, Sony Bend is basically being told, now you're going to work on something new uh, instead, but we'll see. Shall see. Um, And the, Kind of rounding it out, we have another topic after after this one concerning Sony, but the the move to um, blockbusters, their focus on blockbusters, not supporting games, uh, or I shouldn't say not supporting, but just focusing more on games like The Last of Us, like Uncharted, like God of War, stuff like that, and maybe less we'll get less games like like Knack. Not that we want more games like Knack, but less games like Gravity Rush, even stuff like that. Um, how did you? How did that make you feel? Especially on the heels of closing down the PlayStation Three store, just yeah. like getting rid of all those games. But yeah. I feel like I feel like they're only gonna go get further left behind if they continue down that path because of how successful Game Pass has been. Because Game Pass has so many games on there, and it's such great value, and you're getting those big third uh, AAA first party games. You're getting triple a third party games like outriders you're getting uh indie stuff in there you're getting all kinds of content in there it's not just you know catered to one thing and i feel like sony is going to struggle to compete with that down the line many years obviously they're doing fine right now it's not like you know they're still leading the pack in terms of uh console sales and all of that 
But I feel like if they don't adjust themselves to this new market, I feel like subscription services are kind of the new uh, standard, I guess. And Game Pass is showing the value. You, you as a competitor have to have to show something that's going to compete with that. Like even if you think that your games are on another level than what Microsoft is putting out, it's still you still have the value factor, right? Because you have hundreds of Game Pass games for this price, or you can pay $70 for each one of these games um, every time they come out. So it is very interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure how Sony's going to do with that strategy moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't... Obviously, they haven't been doing this this entire time, but... Blockbusters seem to work for them, right? Like that's that's the reason why so many people move to PlayStation is because of those games. And they're like, oh, The Last of Us, I gotta get a PlayStation. Oh, God of War, I gotta get a PlayStation. So they're like, oh, this is working for me. Let's True. just do that. Let's just do a lot of that. True. And maybe that'll that'll work for them. But it is a bummer for I think people like us or for most gamers, honestly. It just means I don't know. It just it means stuff like Days Gone Two won't happen. It means stuff like like that we're going to see less of from PlayStation, which I think is a is a bit disappointing. But at the same time, I love the PlayStation blockbusters that they have put out so far. So more of that obviously isn't a bad thing, but it's it's just the the erasing of the other stuff that kind of bums me out instead of having both. Yep. Um, but yeah, definitely a bummer. But uh, we will have to wait and see and see how that goes. And I agree. I think it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they compete with with Xbox doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely going to be easier to tell them apart. Not that it was hard before, but it's it's you're going to find those people who who moved to Xbox because of this or vice versa because of these these moves. So I, I've, I've, I'm slowly becoming more of an Xbox, uh, more and more interested in xbox being my first next gen because of stuff like this because of game pass and stuff like that deciding on and it being so affordable as well um, because of stuff like this so we shall see how it goes um but moving on to our final sony story um sony plots big playstation push into uh into mobile gaming sony is plotting a big push into mobile gaming with biggest place uh, with the biggest, biggest, with the biggest <laughs> PlayStation games, key uh, to the effort. A joint advertisement for head of mobile PlayStation Studios SIA reveals plans for a success for the successful candidate to focus on uh, successfully ad- adapting PlayStation's most popular franchises for mobile. So PlayStation has done stuff similar to this in the past with Run Sackboy Run, uh, Uncharted Fortune Hunter was a was a AR or a top-down puzzle game, sorry. And they did an AR app for, for God of War called Mimir's Vision, I think. Hmm. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is uh, interesting. I, I don't know how to feel about this. PlayStation's yeah. biggest hits coming to mobile. Um, I like what they're... This is not Sony, but I like what Square Enix has been doing with Final Fantasy. I think they did some really cool stuff with bringing... Hmm. Uh, those games over to mobile and making those games either not a dumbed down version. Sometimes it is a dumbed down version, but sometimes they do a really good job of bringing that over completely. reworking it from the ground up and just making it more accessible. They did it with final fantasy 15. They've done it with seven. And I, I think they're doing it with seven right now, actually. Yeah. So I, I like that, but I don't know how I feel about potentially 
what this could mean for big PlayStation games on, on mobile. How do you feel about it? And and you say Square Enix, and uh, they did a great job with uh, with uh, what was it, Tomb Raider and Hitman. They had Tomb yeah. Lara Croft Go and yeah. and Hitman Go, which were awesome. Like they're mm-hmm. perfect mobile games. Um, so if it's stuff like that, that that's super cool. Um, if it's if it's anything more than like just your you know a game that's built for mobile, then I'm not sure how successful it'll be. Obviously, Nintendo pushed heavily into mobile uh, and and really Super Mario Run and then Mario Kart and all of that. And it, I don't think it really did that well for Nintendo because they've now started to pull back from that stuff. They've, I think they've said now that they're not going to go into mobile as much anymore. So it's almost like Nintendo is pulling out and they're going in. Uh, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel like it's kind of a missed opportunity because again, Microsoft is kind of leading that charge with, um, playing games on mobile devices through the cloud. So you're still playing the full fledged experiences on your mobile device and you're not sacrificing, you know, uh, for a specific mobile game or whatever, or whatever, what have you. Whereas Sony doesn't have that and they're not, you know, going for that. Um, so I'm not sure how successful that's going to be, but if they put out some cool games like Hitman Go or Lara Croft Go, then that would be cool as well. So I don't know. Interesting. It is interesting. You have to wait and see. I, I, okay. I played, you, you talk about Xbox having, uh, the full-fledged game just on the phone with with cloud and recently i played persona 5 strikers via remote play on my laptop yes. and that is a laptop <laughs> and it was still super laggy and it was like oh man this is i can't play anything on this anything that i enjoy playing rather i would have to play like a super slow game i couldn't because of how laggy it was so sony needs to step it up in, in that category too let alone what this could mean for their franchises on mobile. I'm not sure. I, I, when I read this, I immediately thought about Gears of War Pop, Gears Pop. Gears Pop, yeah. Yeah, so when that was announced and people were like, what, what is this? <laughs> and I didn't even know it had come out. Apparently it had. Yes. And it's shutting down uh, later this month. And I was like, yes. it, sometimes these things <laughs> don't work. Which, and, yeah. in Gears Pop's defense, it is a yeah. super fun tower defense okay? game i've i actually played early uh betas i got into a beta for it and i freaking got addicted to that for like <laughs> months and then yeah unfortunately i did fall off of it but uh yeah it is shutting down as well but yeah that is i didn't i didn't know it was it was i didn't know you enjoyed it and i didn't know i'm if, if you enjoyed that i'm sure many other people out there did as well but obviously many other people probably I fell off of it just just the same. Yes. But uh yeah, I'm I'm interested but timid. Yeah. You know, worry. <laughs> but uh that's it for for the topic of the show. That it that could be it for the show unless you have something else to to add. I do not. I'm going to pass out after the show. <laughs> so. <laughs> so let's let Daniel yes. get his nap and let's do the outro here. Thank you everyone for joining us both live on Twitch on YouTube, and as well as listening on podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Daniel, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time, later will be greater. Much love. <laughs>